Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. All right, so we're going to go right into the Word of God and then have this wonderful baby dedication and celebration. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs 20, 27. I'm preaching out of my laptop today just simply because I, I had to wipe everything out. <laughs> Glory to God. And I need to add the printer. <laughs> so we'll do that one day. Proverbs 20, 27. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I thank you, Lord, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and I step into the, those two offices that you've called me to as a teacher in the body of Christ and as a pastor of the, in the body of Christ. And I flow out of that grace and out of that anointing to pastor these, your people, and to teach the word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit will flow through me. I pray none of me but all of you. God, I ask for a supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel that your word of God will be planted, will be watered into the lives of your people, and it will grow, and it will grow into a hundredfold walk with you. I thank you, Father, that you did not give us the word of God without a helper, and we embrace the Holy Spirit, who is the greatest teacher there is. He's the most important person on the face of the earth, and, Lord, we embrace his ministry as, he, as I deliver the word. He is able to take the word and give revelation and illumination and understanding of the word that your people may be set free. I thank you as we discuss concerning about the game of life and, and, and level two and, and learning how to walk by the spirit and walk by the leading of the spirit. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for the word of God. For it is the word that has been sent to heal us. It is the word that has been sent to deliver us and to rescue us from our sins. It is the word that has been sent to set us free. You said in your word in John chapter eight, verse 31, that if we will continue in your word, We'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free. And I thank you that today that the word, which is the truth, will make us free from the lies and the ideologies of this world, that we'll be set free to learn to know your voice and to know your leading and to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, we've been talking in um, the series about the leadership of the Spirit and how God wants to lead his children. I want to declare to you that God wants to lead us every single day. There's not one day that we live that God doesn't want to lead us. And there, there's a plethora of scripture that we can go through to let you know that the God desires to lead us. So I'm going to start with my text, um, Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his inner part, innermost parts. The spirit of man, everybody say the spirit of man, spirit is the lamp of the Lord. Okay, we are a three-part being. We are spirit, we, we, we are spirits, we have a soul, we have souls, and we live in a body. You're not what you see every day. You're not what you feed every day. You're not what you give, what you give rest to. You are not your body. You live in your body, but you are not your body. The real you is spirit. You are a spirit. Not that you, you just have a spirit. You are a spirit. And the Bible boldly declares in Genesis chapter 1 
that we are made in the image and likeness of God. How, how are we made in that image? We're made spiritually like him. And when a person gets born again or gets saved, it is their spirit that gets born again, recreated. It's not their body. If you were bald before you got saved, you're bald after you get saved. Come on now. If you don't have all 32 teeth, you don't have all 32 teeth after you got saved. All right? And if you had ungodly thoughts before you got saved, you most likely still have ungodly thoughts after you get saved. And so it's not just um, nothing physically changes when you get born again. Now, you're going to have a new body. That's going to change eventually. That's when the Lord comes on riding on the white horse. If you read Revelation, he's, he's, he's going to be riding on the white horse coming to get the saints. Amen. I, I, I'm looking forward to that day. I don't know about you, but Jesus is, is coming back. We're one day closer to the return of Christ. And, and some people don't believe it. They're not preaching it. But I'm here to declare that Jesus is soon to return. And whether or not you're ready or not, he's coming back. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Everybody say, he's coming. And so don't be surprised. The Bible says nobody knows the day or the hour. And the hour you think he's coming is the hour that he's not coming. <laughs> and so the hour that you don't think he's coming, he's going to come like, a, as, as the Bible says, as a thief in the night. You don't know when a thief comes, right? A thief can come any minute, right? But I'm telling you, if you prepare yourself as if living every day as if he's coming every day, you'll be ready when he returns. And so we are spirit beings. The Bible talks about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that we are spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body. Our spirits are just like God and, and, and we can pray from our spirits. We can walk by our spirits. And then our soul is our mind, our will, and our intellect, our personality. It's the part of us that it makes us who we are, our personality. And so we, are, we have a soul and our soul still needs to be saved according to James chapter 1. Our soul needs to be renewed and restored according to the word of God. I know in Psalm 23 it says, He leadeth me by the still water and he restoreth my soul. And so God is in the business of restoring souls. He's in the business of restoring saving souls. Now, when we get born again, our spirit gets saved, but our soul is still not saved. And, and as you take the word of God, as James says, that as we receive, with meekness receive the word of God, then grafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. And then our bodies will be so, so saved. The Bible talks about three parts of redemption. Spirit, we were saved. Soul, we've been saved. And body, we shall be saved. So one day your body will be saved. You'll have a brand new body and look just, it will look just like Jesus. Amen. Amen. You'll have that perfect body. <laughs> so if you don't get it in this life, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, thank the Lord. Amen. No more pain. No more gray. No more, I mean, no more aches. That day is coming soon. Amen. And so um, we, we have a responsibility and this scripture says the spirit of man or the spirit of humans is the candle or the lamp of the Lord. What does that mean? That simply means that God is going to lead us by our spirit. Many a times people want to hear from God. They want to hear an audible voice. They want to have a vision or a dream. They want to have a visitation from Jesus or they want to have some kind of sign from God. Do not, I repeat, do not pray for a sign. 
Because if you pray for a sign because of this world system, the devil will accommodate you and give you a sign. Oh, Lord, if you want me to take this job, let them offer it to me. God does not lead by external circumstances. Well, if you go for the job and you don't get it, does not, does not necessarily mean that it wasn't God's will. Maybe you weren't prepared for the interview. Maybe you need to be consistent and persistent in going for the job. So don't ever look at a door open or a door closed as if it's the Lord. And many Christians are led by doors. Lord, um, if you want me to have this car, let them approve of my credit and you get the car. And then, then the car is too much for you. I mean, oh, the blessings of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow to it. And if there's sorrow to what you just purchased, it was not the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And what you purchase causes sorrow is not the Lord. The Lord is not in it. That's one way you can measure it. If it was if, if, if it caused sorrow and it's painful to pay for it, it was not the Lord. The Lord will never lead you where there's pain. There will be blessings and there will be grace and there will be, uh, 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 if God leads you to purchase something or finance something, it's going to be easy for you to pay it off. It won't take you a lifetime and you won't pay double for it. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. <laughs> uh, so there is grace when God leads you. So the spirit of a man is the candle or the light or the lamp or the um, light bulb of the Lord. The Lord leads us by our spirits. And many Christians are led externally. They're led by what they see. They're led by what they feel. People say, I feel led. Well, a lot of times I want to give them a pencil so they can feel led. <laughs> I mean, we're not, to be, we're not to go based on how we feel. I feel like the Lord is saying. Uh, well, we walk by what? And not by? So you're not to be led by your feelings. Feelings as Minister Allen. It's so good to have him back. Come on. I love this guy. I love this guy. This guy, this guy is such a blessing. He was doing to proclaim from work, from home, and um, just such a blessing to the body of Christ here at KLM as well as abroad. So thank God. Thank God for Minister Allen. But as Minister Allen says, um, feelings are to inform us, but we're not to live by them. So we're not to live by our feelings. And so many Christians are led by their feelings. You feel like a nut, and then sometimes you don't. I mean, are you to go by your feelings? Your feelings, you can't, you can't trust your feelings. Your feelings want to cuss at times. Your feelings want to fight at times. Your feelings, your feelings will get you into sticky situations. Your feelings will get you into debt. So we're not to be led by our feelings. I just feel. I just feel. I just feel. That is where your soul is. And your soul must be in line with your spirit. You need to follow your spirit and not your soul. Your soul, listen, um, sometimes when the anointing is there, you can sense and it's like you're, all the hairs on your body stand straight up. But how many know if Whitney, Whitney, when Whitney Houston was alive, you can go back and look at YouTube videos and she can sing, sing about love and having an affair and it can make your hair stand as well. Come on now. I mean, just turn on YouTube and you're like, whoa, this woman can sing or Aretha Franklin or someone can make you move in ways that you never thought she could move. 
That's why you're here today, because they were listening to something and got you here. But anyway, um, we're talking about the game of life. Let's go to um, Romans 8. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. And this is not even my intro. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 12. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. It says, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to what the flesh, but to live according, but and to, not to, to the flesh or to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage or slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, Abba, I learned this week by Dr. Miles Moreau, he says the word Abba simply means sustainer or provider. Um, we, we receive our identity from Father. So your spirit, if you're born again, your spirit cries, Abba, Father. It's easy to call God Father because he is your Father. The Bible says in Hebrews, he's the Father of all spirits. And so your spirit cries, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. One way that you know if you're a child of God is not based on how you feel, but based on the witness of the Spirit. The Spirit himself will let you know that you belong to the Father. The Spirit inside lets you know, saying, yeah, you're one of his. You can't go too far. He'll never let you go. We just got finished singing. He'll never let you down. He'll never let you go. He'll say, no, 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 no. When you backslide, he says, no, you're one of mine. You can't be comfortable in that sin. I call you back. My sheep know my voice. And the strangers, they won't follow. So when you're doing something wrong, the Spirit of God says, no, 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 no. Come on back. Come, repent. Repent. Come back to the Father. It's the Spirit of Christ inside of us letting us know that we belong to Abba Father. Amen. Amen. So our, our spirit cries, Abba, Father, and that our spirits, lets, the, the Holy Spirit lets us know that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Amen. Amen. So today we're talking about the game of life, level two. How many know that the life is like a, is full of games? And, and, and as Dr. Leroy Thompson, uh, Dr. Excuse me, Leon Patillo says in his song, life is what you make it, right? Um, you have life and God has given you life. You can't choose your parents, but you can, you can choose your destiny. Amen. You can choose how you deal with life. Don't react to life, but respond to life. Amen. Amen. And so the game of life, we're in this game called life. And life is how we make it. And there are so many Christians who are, um, uh, who are lazy in their faith and lazy in life. They're waiting for life to happen for them. Or they're waiting for their ship to come in. I got news, your ship is not coming in. Uh, oh, this is going to be my best year yet, and we're halfway through the year. You're still doing the same things you did last year. So you got to change some things, right? And we talked last week, Luke 18, verse 27, we talked about how um, what is impossible to man is possible with God, right? But we also flipped it and says what is possible with man, it God refuses to do. God is not going to do what you can do. Let me say that again. God is not going to do what you can do. 
We are called to do the possible and trust God to do the impossible. That, I just said a mouthful right there. That's enough for a lifetime. So you, as St. Augustine, a, a church father, says this, he says, and I recorded him last week, he says, to pray as if everything depended upon God and to work as if everything depended upon you. So that we have a part to play. And the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent maketh rich. And so we need to put our hand to the, something. The Bible says that God will bless the work of our hands. But if your hands is not touching anything, he's not going to bless it. There's nothing for him to bless. So we need to give God something to work with. We need to give him something to work with. We need to give him our faith. We need to give him our action. We need to give him our works. We need to give him our seed. We need to give him our words, our prayers. You got to give God something to work with. God has provided everything we need for life and godliness. But if you don't give him something to work with, there's nothing for him to move on. Amen. God did not make the world out of nothing. He used his words to create the world. And he uses your words to create your world. All that you are today is the sum of what, what you said and what you did yesterday. So you are responsible for your life. You are responsible for your health. You're responsible for your finances. You're responsible for your children. You're re Listen, if your children turns out to be wild, I'm not saying you're responsible for saving them, but you're responsible for putting something in them to prepare them for life. And the reason why some children grow up to be wild is because they are left to be discipled and to be parent by the iPhone the I, um, t television, YouTube, and movies. You, how many know you got to be intentional with your children? You got to be intentional with your body. You got to do what you need to do. You got to exercise. You got to lose weight. You got to eat right. You got to sleep right. Come on. If you, if you don't do the natural, then you're not giving God something to work with. It's foolish for us to just, Lord, heal me, and you go out and do the opposite of what you just prayed. You got to do your you got to do your part. Lord, get me out of debt and then yet you are going back into debt. Lord, um, help me to be wealthy and yet you're not preparing yourself. What if you prepare yourself for everything that you were praying for? How much more will God move on your situation? We're talking about the game of life. Level 2. Like that. Level 2. Um, the Lord desires to lead his children daily. And so I'm going to get into this real briefly. How does God lead us? There are, there are at least nine biblical ways that God leads his children. Everybody said nine. nine. There are nine ways in which God leads his children. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's a beginning list. And all right, The first and foremost, um, this is not necessarily including, included in the nine ways, but this is a given. God leads us by his word. So many people are waiting to hear from God, and yet they have not read what he's already said. How do you know what you hear is really from God if you don't know what he's already said? So you, got, you have 66 texts. We're talking about text messaging. God has texted us. He's given us a, a text to live our lives. And we ignore that. 
We don't read the Bible reading plan. Oh, come on, I'm preaching better than you say amen. I'm telling you, how can you know God and you haven't read his entire scripture? Oh, God, I want to know you. I want to serve you. And yet you ignore the very thing that can change your life. We desire the glory of our Internet or our phones or the phone or television more than the glory of his word. The light of his word. I don't know about you. I want it. I want that light greater than any kind of light. And so God has given us his word. The word of God reveals to us his will, his intellect, his emotions, his purpose for humanity. I was dealing with someone at work recently, and, and, um, and they were trying to compare Islam with Christianity. And there was a young lady, she's a Muslim, and, and he was like, you know, Quran and the Quran and the Bible is the same. I said, no, 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 it's not. Um, Jesus and Muhammad is, oh, no, 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 you, Jesus is God. I mean, uh, um, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You're praying to the same God. I said, no, we're not. We're not praying to the same God. Uh, well, you ain't trying to say Allah is not God. Allah is not the same God of the Bible. And the lady, the lady was like, what the F are you talking about? I said, so I was like, let me just calm down. I said, I said, you know what? We can talk later about this. But this is not a debate. You can hate me all day, take my name and drag it through the dirt, but I am not, I refuse to agree with what you said. What you said is contrary to the, to the word of God. I said, one thing for sure is, I didn't say this, but I was thinking, is the Quran was written by one person. The Bible was written by several people over thousands of years. The only spiritual or religious book in its that can stand on its own, that was written by several people and not just one person. When you get into that one person, person, the thing you're dealing with, error. Yeah. Jehovah Witnesses, they have a Bible was written by one person. Charles Russell, a teenager who went up in the mountain and had a delusion from the enemy, took the King James Version and wrote their Bible, Holy Scriptures. Every religious book has... Uh, does, does not have more than more the, the amount of people that wrote the scriptures that God influenced to write the scriptures. And then when you deal with Jesus, you're dealing with not just the son of man, but you're dealing with the son of God, which speaks of his deity. And so, so um, I can discuss these things with you if you like. And I told them that I said, but I'm not going to agree with you. Christianity and Islam is not the same. Amen. How many know that when it comes to Jesus, you got to be willing to risk some friends, lose your reputation, and says, you know what? It is Christ, and I can expound on Christ and who Christ is, but I'm telling you, they're not the same. And Allah and God of the Bible is not the same because the God of the Bible is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's totally distinct, distinctive of any other religion. Not three gods, but one God who chooses to manifest himself in three persons. The three persons of God. And as the part of the Bible, as Christians, we believe in the triune God. Amen. And that dispute, and, and, and we left. <laughs> They're like, man, what are we doing? <laughs> I dropped the mic. <laughs> so, amen. So the Bible is how God leads us. That is the number one way above anything else you have. But you don't have specific as far as who to marry, where to go, where to live. But you do have the general will of God. 
And before you can get into the specific will of God, you got to know the general will of God. Sometimes people want a word from a prophet, but if you get in the word, you will have a word for your life. Amen? Because the word will define your life. Amen? The word will cause you to be part of his story. Amen. Amen. We're part of what God has started in the Bible. See, he started in the garden with a marriage. And he's going to end history as we know of this time period with a marriage. He started with a marriage. He's going to end with a marriage. Come on now. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. And I'm telling you, in between, he's writing his story And if you yield yourself to him, he'll write his story in your life. Because your story is really supposed to be part of his story. Amen. 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 So the first way and the number one way is the word of God. But that's not part of the nine ways. That it should be, you should understand that God leads us through the Bible. First and foremost, as some would say, the B-I-B-L-E is the basic instruction before leaving earth, right? It gives us instructions for life. It teaches us how to raise our children. It teaches us how to choose our spouses. It teaches us how to deal with our money, how to deal with our bodies, what to do at church, how to be a part of the church, how to pray. Come on. <laughs> the Bible tells us all these things, how to get wealth, how to get out of poverty, how to receive healing for your physical body, what to do with your mind, how to get wisdom for the day, how to get knowledge, what, how to cry out for it. How to believe for it and what to do in crisis and what to do with trials and tribulations, how to deal with death. Come on. I just lost my uncle two days ago. How to deal with it. How, why am I not so sad? And it took me out of the pulpit. I had to call one of the ministers up because I got hope. I don't sorrow like the world, but I have a great hope that Uncle Fred was with the Lord. He, he knew the Lord and, and he's home with Jesus. And so my hope is beyond my sorrow. Come on now. So the Bible tells us how to deal with death, how to deal with birth, how to deal with celebration, how to, de- how to deal with the dance of joys and sorrows and victories and loss, how to live in the valley and how to live in the, on the mountaintop. That's what the Word of God teaches us. Amen? How to, be, how to stay hold on, how to, how to hold on to Jesus in poverty and how to keep him the number one in your life when you're in prosperity. That's what the Bible teaches us. Amen. How you can do all things through all the complexity of life. How you can make life happen for you with Jesus. How you can be totally satisfied and your world is falling apart like the Twin Towers. How you can hold on to a rock that is steady beyond anything in this world. This world is constantly changing, but Jesus is the only constant in the world. He's the only one that remains the same. His love doesn't change. When I'm feeling low, he still loves me. When I'm feeling high, he still remains. His love stays the same. When I'm doing things I have no business doing, his love is still the same. And that's what the Bible teaches us. Now, I got to get... I got to get to these nine ways. So out of that comes um, these nine ways. And the first way, and the number one way outside of the Bible in which, the, which God leads us is called the inner witness. Everybody say the inner witness. <laughs> Romans 8 verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. And so the number one way in which God leads his children is through the inner witness, the inner witness. Now, the inner witness is manifested four different ways. I'm going to give you real quick. I'm going to go through the nine and then I'm just going to focus on the inner witness. So the, the, one, the first way is the inner witness. The second way is through, the, through wise counsel. Through wise counsel. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And as uh, my wife was sharing, exhorting, and speaking to, to those who are older, um, there is wisdom with age. Now, not every, I've seen some foolish older people. <laughs> so everybody who got gray hair is not wise. <laughs> everybody who's older is not wise. There's still some dumb old people making the same mistakes that they made within their 20s. Still have not graduated from that foolishness. Still sowing wild oaks at 90 years old. There was a 92-year-old who just got somebody impregnant who wasn't their, wasn't their wife. All right, I, I don't understand that. What, what's wrong? What, what have you learned? You're closer to death than you've ever been, and you're still wilding. <laughs> you still, I, I know older people who still shacking up because they want to keep their little retirement and, 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 <laughs> oh, I want to keep this. I don't want to give my name up because I'm going to lose this because my ex-husband, I mean, my former husband died and left this. And if I get married, I'm losing this money. But I read a bus hell wide open, shacking up with you. I'm, I'm sorry. That's a true story. That, I'm telling you, you find some old folks, they still shack it up. He's my friend. She's my friend. Oh, we just keep each other company. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Come on. Let's go. So, so I'm talking about wise people. I'm talking about older saints and who's been through something, who, who got something to share. It's through the wise counsel that we can get the leadership and the guidance of God. So don't just be led alone. So many people are led alone. I'm just they counsel themselves. How many know that if you counsel yourself, you'll counsel yourself right into misery. You are not to, you, your, your own counsel is not to be trusted. Mm, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Um, when you learn how to follow Jesus, you learn how to unfollow yourself. Because self cannot be king or queen. And so you are not wise within yourself to make all the right decisions for your life. God has made us interdependent upon each other. So we need some wise people, some seasoned folks to speak into our lives. Come on, young people, come on. Don't think just because you're a certain age, you got it together. You still need older folks to speak into your life. It is foolish. The older folks, with their wisdom, is the stability of the time. They will cause stability to happen in your life if you listen to them. How many people decide to get married and disregard the counsel of their parents, disregard the counsel of those around them, telling them, don't do this, something ain't right about her or him, and end up into a crazy situation. I'm telling you, I've seen recently how people forsake the counsel of people who know them better than themselves for a stranger they meet over the over line. 
and throw that away. Oh, I'm so in love. God, this person is for me. And everybody else says, this person is not for you. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Cuckoo. Don't do this. Don't do this. And they reason away the voice of wisdom. And, and, and they begin to make their bed a bed of hell. And they go, God, why did you let this happen? I gave you the wisdom to other people. Amen. Amen. Listen, you need wise counsel. You do not need to counsel yourself. And if you're in a relationship, you, listen, it's not enough just to counsel between you and the other person, you, you and your other significant other. Oh, we're going to get this thing. Because y'all both could be in deception. And not other, and, and, and no church needs to be by themselves. We at Kingdom Living Ministries is connected with a host of other churches. Come on now. We, our, our network is beyond this, this United States. We got brothers and sisters who believe like us and, and teach like us around the world. We are not alone. And plus, I got local people who can say, hey, yo, what's up? What you doing? What you teaching over there? Amen. I got godly men and women who speak into our lives. Right, honey? Yeah. Who keep us accountable. So don't think, if you're in business, don't think that you got it all. You need to check with some other people who've been in business longer than you have. Come on. Yeah. And you got a marriage. Look at one of our mentors. Been married 49 years, 50 years this year. 50 years. I think they can teach us something, right? We only been married 14, going to 15. I think they can teach us something. I think they, they, they've been through some things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think that I, we can learn from them. Amen. Come on now. Wise counsel. So I, I didn't mean to stay there, but it, I guess it was needed, right? All right. Um, another way in which God leads us is through the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in general. Listen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're not going to go in there. And then the next one is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom gives us insight into the future concerning the will of God. The word of wisdom, the word of wisdom gives us insight. So the gifts of the spirit in general, and more specifically, the next way which he leads is the word of wisdom. When God gives a word of wisdom, it's concerning your future and the will of God. Another way, another way within the gifts of the spirit is prophecy. God uses prophecy sometimes to confirm or affirm what he's already said to you. Prophecy. The next is tongues and interpretation, which is equal to prophecy. That, and, and that way, and God leads us through that. And then this is a big one, is dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. Yes, God still speaks through dreams, but don't, be, don't live by your dreams and visions. Amen? Sometimes, sometimes people say, you know, I had this dream. I don't know what it means. Um, you know, uh, what, what, what should I do with it? If you don't know, the, if you, you've prayed about it, you don't know the interpretation of the dream, just forget about it. God's not going to give you a dream and mystery and trying to get you to figure it out. Take a lifetime. What does this mean? I saw a fish and I saw a bone. Does that mean something? <laughs> I saw a horse. I mean, uh, you know, does that, what does that mean? <laughs> if you don't know about time within three days of the dream, forget about it. Forget about it. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Uh, sometimes people are looking for dreams and visions. Dreams happen. Sometimes God will give you warnings in dreams. Sometimes he'll, and in the dreams, he gives you visions in the midst of that. So don't live your life by that. But God does lead by, the, by dreams and visions. You can see how God led Joseph. said, get out, get out, get out. Pharaoh's crazy. Get out, get out now. 
and God will lead you. Again, it will be a burnt witness, it will burnt witness with your spirit and, and so forth. But God does speak in dreams. Now, don't go praying for God to speak to you in a dream. Because, again, the devil will accommodate you. God can, the devil can give you, give you some bad dreams. Y'all had some dreams, right? Y'all know what y'all t- I'm talking about. You're like, oh, well, what is this? Uh, never forget this. Uh, my, great, my grandfather, who I never got a chance to meet, um, one of them, my, my dad's dad, and he woke up in the middle of the night because he had a dream that my grandmother was cheating on him. And he was a boxer in the Navy, and he started boxing her. She's like, what do I do? She's, he said, I had a dream that you were cheating on me. And you know, my grandma, my grandma, her name was, we call her Big Mama. She left him. Well, she, he, she probably was cheating on him, but uh, cheating on her. <laughs> True story. But uh, we're going to keep that here. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm out. This dude is crazy. <laughs> and he started, but you can't go based on that. Well, I had a dream that my wife was cheating. It's not enough. Go talk to your wife. Yeah. Go talk to your yeah. spouse. Yeah. You know, you know, this dream that I had, what, what's up? What's up? It's just a dream. Okay. Time will reveal. <laughs> Divorce. <laughs> Time will reveal. <laughs> God can make his, you know, a lot of times the reason why he gives us dreams, I'm going to tell you a little secret. The reason why he gives us dreams, because he can't talk to us while we're awake. Yeah. Well, our minds are so busy that he's trying to communicate to us that he has to sneak up upon you in your dream. Say, so, you know what? I can't communicate with you because you're not letting my spirit lead you. So I got to speak to you while you're out. I'm gonna, let me show you the scripture. Um, Job, go to Job chapter 33. You need to unline this. This is really, really good scripture. Job chapter 33. My time is flying. Job 33. And let's look at verses 14 through 17. Job 33, verses 14 through 17. You need to highlight this. It says, for God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. So, you know, God's trying to communicate while you're awake. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings that he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. So God tries to warn us while we're up, while we're awake, while we're alert. But because of the business, the busyness and the distractions of life, he has to get us in our dreams. That's good. we got to trust him for that. Lord, if you can't get to me while I'm awake, I trust you to get me in my, while I'm asleep. Yeah. And he says he terrifies us <laughs> uh, uh, with warnings. Um, he terrifies them with warnings. And God sometimes will warn you in a dream. I've had, if you ever wake up and you feel like your heart is about to jump out of your chest, 10 out of 10, that's the Holy Spirit telling you something is wrong. One time I had a dream about one of my aunts, and she was dating this guy, and in this dream, I saw him in the car abusing her verbally as well as physically. And when I woke up, my heart was trying to jump out of my chest. 
And I went right into tongues, and I woke up, called my grandmother. My grandmother called my aunt, and my aunt confessed that's exactly what's ha what was happening. He started abusing me verbally, and then physically he was abusing me. I had another dream of a cousin who was, I woke up the same way, my heart was about to jump out of my chest, and I had a dream that she was being, was being raped. I woke up and told, called her and told her about the dream, and she said that's exactly what was about to happen. But for some reason, I got out. I'm telling you, God will warn you in dreams. So be open, be open. Don't pray for them. Don't pray for it like, Lord, give me a dream. <laughs> and you may have a nightmare, and then you're trying to live by that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. But if God in his sovereignty wants to give you a dream, be open to it. Amen. And the next way in which God reveals, uh, leads us, and guides us is through visitation from angels and Jesus. Visitation. And we see this from Luke chapter 1 when he visited, an angel visited um, um, Sarah. No, I'm sorry. An angel visited Mary and Elizabeth. Also, in the book of Acts 12 and 23, 27, we see that there were visitations from angels and Jesus in which God communicated with his people. Now, last but not least, <laughs> God will lead us by any means necessary. Let me give you a scripture for that. Uh, Numbers 22 and 28. 22 and 28. Now, this is the last one is... The lowest form of leading. The lowest form of leading. Numbers 22, verse 28. Let's go over there. Luke 22, verse 28. It says this. 22 and verse 28 says, uh, uh, this is Balaam. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me, I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I will kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, am I not, a, not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? This, to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? He said, no. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way that which with his drawn sword in his hand, he bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then, the, then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned and it's evil in your sight and I will turn back and so forth. So here this donkey, God used a donkey to communicate to a prophet the guidance and the leadership of the Lord. And when I say by any means necessary, God will use a, a sign, on a, a big poster sign, a commercial, if necessary, to communicate to his people something he wants to say. Amen. So that's why I say by any means necessary. But that's the last form. That's like the lowest form in which he leads. Now, real quick, let's go through this, the four ways, um, actually the five ways in which the inner witness is manifest. Remember, that's the first way, right? The inner witness. So there is, so how does God lead his children outside of the word? The number one way is through the inner witness. 
Remember, the spirit of man is the candle or the lamp of the Lord. God leads us through our spirits. And so the number one way in which he leads us through our spirit is through an inner witness. Now, the inner witness is manifested five ways. Here they are. The first way is inner knowing, an inner knowing. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, an inner knowing. Have you ever been in a situation, you know that you know something and you can't explain it? I know that I know something. Something isn't right with this person. Something is not quite right. Or you get a, a, a knowing, I need to call the, the, this company. Or I need to call my son or my daughter or my grandchildren or my friend or my mother. I need to call. This, just an inner knowing. You know that you know that you know that you know. That is the inner witness manifesting. Knowing. You just have a knowing in your spirit. You cannot explain it. It does not make sense to your mind, but you know something before you even know it. Y'all ever been there? Okay, so it's the inner knowing. The second way in which the inner witness is manifested is peace. Everybody say peace. God leads us through peace, and he's the God of peace. So if something is, is um, if you don't have peace about a situation, don't go with it. He's the God of peace. He'll never lead you in um, where there's fear. Somebody recently gave me, quote, unquote, a prophetic word, and it brought fear. Not the Spirit of God. If somebody gives you a prophetic word and prophesied to you about something and it brings fear to you, throw it away. It's not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's not going to make you afraid. Even in his warnings and dreams, it might be a sense of warning and urgency, but it won't be afraid. There's not no fear with it. Amen. And so there's going to always be peace the way God leads us. So what is disturbing your peace? Sometimes you know things and you, and you come in contact with people and you just like something isn't right because I have my peace is disturbed. What is disturbing my, the peace of God around me and in me? Something isn't right. And the next way in which the inner witness is, is um, manifested is it seems good. Everybody say it seems good. Um, Luke the, the Gospel of Luke um, wrote the book of Luke based on it seems good. And so sometimes by the Spirit of God on the inside of you, it seems good. Not physically necessary or emotionally, but on the inside there is a, in your seamer, if I can say that, it seems good. Let's go over there real quick. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's look at this. Verses 1 through 4. That's the first book in the, I mean, the third book in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. And let's look at this. And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among you, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered it to you, it, what? It seemed good. To me also, having followed all those things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. So here, Luke is writing the book of Luke based on what? It seems good. So it's amazing that he didn't have a vision or have, have an encounter with Jesus to write the book of Luke. He went based on it seemed good. The next way in which the, the inner witness is manifested is perception. 
It's perception. This is when you perceive something. Sometimes when people say, the Lord said this and the Lord said this, most of the time when I hear that, I believe that it's just them. Um, God does not always speak like that. It's audible voice. <laughs> Don't look for an audible voice. Listen, God does not speak most of the time, nine out of ten, in an audible voice. Like you hear my voice, he's not going to speak to you that way. So when I was growing up, I would hear these saints, oh, the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, what does that like? I'm not hearing this. Like, I pray and I give, I go to church. Why is it I'm hearing God's voice like these people hearing God's voice? I never forget this. I, this is so crazy. As a little kid, I remember a lady, she's like, I didn't have no food. And the Lord spoke to me, told me to go to the grocery, show, stop, grocery um, store. And, and he told me, see, there was some grapes that was falling from the vine. And he told me to eat them because he wanted to sustain me. I'm like, and my dad said that, she was stealing. <laughs> that wasn't God. She was stealing the grapes because the Lord told her, because she didn't have no food that day, to go and the, as the grapes fell, she just ate them. <laughs> Foolishness. Foolishness. Most of the time, God's, God does not speak in an audible voice. Beware of those who always come into you and tell you that the Lord said. Beware of that. God is not speaking like that. Sometimes it's a perception. You perceive certain things. But it's not, it is, sometimes it's not for you to say. As a pastor, I know certain things about certain members by the Spirit, but that doesn't necessarily mean I can go up to them and prophesy to them and say this and this and this, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to do that. And God doesn't, when God shows you something about somebody else, it's not always for you to go and tell them. Oh, I just preached a mouthful. God will reveal things to you about somebody. And if you, if you keep going and telling them what you get from the Lord about them, God will stop speaking to you about other people. Most of the time, God will speak to you about you, not about somebody else. And sometimes people want to say the Lord said to make you think they're spiritual. And I, I, I call on to this, and people come and say, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, mm, they're trying to impress me. <laughs> okay, the Lord said, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. The Lord told you to quit your job and go full-time ministry. Really? And you never give me one dime. It's amazing. The Lord would speak to you about me quitting my job and going full-time ministry, but you won't sow into the ministry in which God's called me to. <laughs> uh huh. And when I, my, my mortgage is due, will you sow into that, Mr. Who, or Mrs. Who hear from the Lord all the time? Always got a direction from my life. But your life is a mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't be moved by these people who always speak in the, thus says the Lord. Just sit back and listen and pray. And sometimes the Lord leads you to call their bluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call a spade a spade. You're a lying devil, and you need to repent. You listen to a familiar spirit, and it's not of the spirit of God. Don't sit there and let people prophesy. To, don't let everybody prophesy to you. Sometimes you got to walk away. I reject that. Foolishness. Be like the woman on YouTube, like, false prophet, false prophet. <laughs> 
That'll stop them from prophesying. I'm telling you, you got you got to guard yourself and don't let everybody prophesy to your children. Yeah. Train the say. Don't let everybody speak into your son. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm the priest of this house. I'm the mother of this house, and I speak into my son's life. God rarely listen to this. This this is totally un unscript. God will rarely speak to prophesy to little kids. You know why? Because little kids will grow up with that prophecy and their whole world will be shaped by that prophetic word. I've seen it in, when I was a youth pastor where a young lady, the Lord told somebody prophesied to her that she was going to be a pastor. And she built her whole entire life of thinking that she was called to be a pastor. And there was no calling there. I'm telling you, do not, I, I, I warn people, do not prophesy to children. Now, there, there are times that God will speak and lead concerning your children. But why would God give somebody else a prophetic word about my son and not speak to me about my children? Right? That doesn't make sense. I'm the authority over my child, or my children, and yet God, God has to use you to speak to about my child? I don't think so. I think he will speak to me first. I think he will let me know about the destiny of my children more so than you, a stranger, coming in and speaking concerning. Beware of that. Oh, somebody had a dream about you. So what? I got great dreams for myself. I got great dreams about, I dream of health and wealth and fulfilling God's will and changing the world for the glory of God. That, I mean, you, know, you hear what I'm saying, right? I'm not telling you to be mean, but I'm, I'm not telling you to be gullible. And naive, always looking for something. And, and as we bring prophets here, I mean, you judge that prophecy. You, we're called to judge prophecy. So, uh, uh, that's part, part of that is God, and the rest isn't. I throw it away. People will come, and, and again, sometimes people are saying prophetic words to impress you, to make you more, think that you're, they're more spiritual than you. Listen, just because you hear from God doesn't make you spiritual. Are you, are you with me? Just because you hear from God doesn't mean, make you spiritual. Sinners hear from God. God is always calling them to repentance. Come on. Give them dreams. Somebody come up to her and you need to get saved. You better get saved. I mean, God is constantly speaking to unbelievers. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make them more spiritual. So don't be moved by somebody saying, God said this to me. Well, he said a whole lot in this book. Yeah. He's always speaking. Come on. Amen. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> if you're here and you want to receive Christ as your Savior, you heard me talk about this Jesus, the Son of Man and Son of God. And you don't know Jesus and you want to receive Christ and, and turn away from sin. See, Jesus died for you and for your sins. He received God's judgment so that you and I can receive God's grace. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hell is real just like heaven is real. And God does not want eternity without you. And so today, if you hear his voice, Heart, not your heart. And I, I'm asking you to search your heart and say, that's me, Pastor Dwayne. I want to receive this Jesus that you talked about. I want to receive this Holy Spirit that you talk about. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to exchange self for Jesus. 
If you're here today and you say, that's me, I want to receive Christ, or you say, Pastor Dwayne, I was, I'm in a backslidden condition and haven't been living right, but I want to turn back to the Lord. I want, I want to make sure that I'm okay with God through peace with, through Jesus. If that's you, I want you to be bold enough, brave enough to raise your hand and say, say that's me. Is there one here who want to really see Jesus or rededicate yourself to Christ? Raise your hand. Is there one? That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.